Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Rhett, Brian, Roman, the halls here. Anytime you want the Titans perspective, you go to the executive producer of Titans Radio. Joins us live in studio now. Rhett, I was describing this earlier. Now, anytime it's football season, it's, it's pretty darn great. But this is like the greatest week this week and next week. This basically everything season because you got the World Series, college football, pro football. They're still playing high school football. NBA is already playing. College golf, basketball. Golf and NASCAR are going down their stretch runs. I mean, yeah, you just name it. Yeah. It's everything season. Yes. And here's what's so funny. It can still be everything season. And the NFL still just dwarfs everything. It's amazing. It really is. The power what they have become is a, a 12 month out of the year year round calendar sport is just something else and i'm glad you brought that up because mike keith asked me on the mike vrabel show monday night hey can you remember a better two game home stretch in history and i was like there's two windows that in the i regular can season think of. or preseason I mean. regular season mm-hmm. and home back to back home games where it was just huge wins mm. the 2002 titans that had, um, I preface it. I preface it by saying this: there was the my favorite Steve McNair game was right before this two game run, and it was the one in the Meadowlands where they won in overtime. And then they came home, beat the the Colts uh, the following Sunday pretty handily, and then the following Monday night they beat the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. And the only other one. Uh, that I think is comparable is the Monday Night Football, Vince's rookie year in 06, down to the Giants, 21 to nothing, came back and won that one because Pac-Man Jones had a fantastic game in that. And then the following Sunday was the Indy 60-yard Baronis field goal. Which would have been good from 70. Yes. And it was, which is amazing because it was cold and windy that day, and that thing was a K-ball that must have felt like a cinder block. But he, I swear, it's like he, he could have kicked it out of the stadium. But that, those are, that's the this last two games in six days is as good as I can remember since those two occasions in two separate seasons. And for people who don't know, if Rhett and Mike Keith don't know it, then it can't be known. <laughs> I don't I, I, say that about <laughs> say that about Mike. I don't know if you can say that about me. I mean, I've been around, but I don't remember. I don't retain it like Mike does. Mike is a freak of nature. That's why Keith Bullock calls him the encyclopedia. Well, listening to their show, listening to them. Mike will ask Keith a question, and Keith will go, "I don't have any idea." And then Mike will go, "Okay, this is what you did in that game." And he's like, "Of course you, of course you knew that." Oh, right, you're the encyclopedia. The encyclopedia. <laughs> but, but if that tells anybody, because you know, well, now eight days ago, whatever it was, nine days ago, before that series of game eight, I guess before that series of games started, it was like, okay, gosh, if they could just win one of these two, just win one of these two. Yeah. Well, then, but then they won both of them in six days. And the win over the Chiefs, I get it. The Chiefs are struggling on defense. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. They exploited everything that they were struggling with. Every bit of it they exploited. The turnovers, the ability to get to Mahomes and harass him, to to get up a lead and force him to feel like he's got to make a throw. That was the one that got picked. They exploited them in every way. But they were scoring three and a, like 3.34 points per possession. Mm-hmm. And they scored three in the game. The Titans had more quarterback sacks with four <laughs> than the Kansas City Chiefs had in points. Let that sink in. That's amazing. Yeah. And how about this? Just tell you the kind of year Derrick Henry's having. He's number four in scoring in the NFL. 
the three in front of him tied for first place with 63 points are all kickers. He's the only non-kicker in the top ten in scoring through seven weeks of play in the National Football League. Oh, I got a stat for you. Give it to me, Tell me if I'm right or wrong. I know you guys are stat. I mean, you've got to know it. Derrick Henry has rushed for more yardage than 25 NFL teams. I believe that's correct, yes. I believe that's right. Right I think now. I heard that so Only thing. seven teams have more rushing yardage than one individual. And if that he has, is insane. And if he has a a buck and change, was it a buck 23 or whatever it is to get to 1,000 on Sunday, he becomes the 11th player in NFL history to have 1,000 yards in his first eight games. The last person to do that was DeMarco Murray with the Cowboys in 14, in 2014. Oh. Um, but, yeah, to your point about the defense in this, uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, had an interesting stat. The Titans, seventy over 75% of their defensive snaps were played in zone defense these last two games, and it worked well. But it worked well because that front is really starting to cook. Dendico Autry, my goodness. And then the more Bud Dupree you can get, and then here, here's Harold Landry and Big Jeff and the rest. I mean, I've really been impressed with what they've been able to do because we all were scared to death going into this thing Sunday, and then you find out that Chris Jackson's not going, Amani Hooker's not going. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, boy. But they help mask that by all that consistent four-man pressure. If you can do it good with four men, it's proven to be a good thing, and this is exactly one of the reasons why I think they beat Josh Allen on Monday night and Patrick Mahomes the next Sunday. And Rhett Ryan, our guest executive producer of Titans Radio, hanging out on Blaine and Mickey. Yes, well, I guess what has been your worst take that you've heard with the Titans beating the Chiefs? Oh, I think it's the Stephen A. Smith take. What's that? He said that the Titans, he doesn't, they don't, he doesn't think that they have a great ceiling going forward because Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback. And the playmaker, Michael Irvin, set him straight and said, uh-uh, no, that ain't going to work. You're not seeing the quarterback I see. He's like, now, look, I know he's not Patrick Mahomes, John Elway, whatever you want, but he ain't chopped liver either. But Stephen A. Smith said that the other day. I was like, mm, that's interesting. Hot take just to say stuff, I guess, because it's like, do you watch what what they're doing? I mean, I mean, because, I mean, think about this. Tannehill, that Buffalo game, what, he went hit nine straight passes to finish mm -hmm. that one and then yeah. completed his first, what, 11 or 12 of this one? I mean, he is red hot mm. and and you know it's, it's good to know that they're you know doing the right things to to you know him getting the ball out quicker whatever and getting it to the right receivers whatever because i mean he's been sacked one time in two games which thrills me because they were going down a path i didn't want him to in terms of how many times i got after him well some some fans asked me this question i don't know if i knew the answer so it stunned me and i froze and like thought about it and i want to hear what you think okay does beating the the Bills and the Chiefs in a you know seven day window mm -hmm. make you feel better about the loss to the Jets. Yes, and I was like, oh, uh... I can answer immediately. Yes, it does. Why? Beca because first of all, that's in the rearview mirror. I can't do anything about it. You mm -hmm. can't do anything about it. Um, and if you can go to Indianapolis on Sunday, and this is going to be tough because they know. The Colts know how important this is. They know that their season maybe is basically over if they lose this one, and they have life and playoff possibilities continuing going forward if they win it. 
if you get out of Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday 6-2, and two, knowing that you're going into November and December immediately where it really counts, you can set yourself up for something good. And again, a good bulk of these guys that are on injured reserve with the Titans, a lot of them are designated for return. A lot of, you know, there's only a handful of them that are out for, for good. So you, if you can get some guys back, just keep playing ball. So I say, and look, I hated that loss. God, it was awful. I, I you know, we travel, we go do it. Uh, I wanted to leave just like everybody else wanted to turn it off, but you can't. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things. And I, and I think there's an anomaly game for every team every year. It's usually in week one. Because let me think about this. Tomorrow night, one of the best Thursday night football matchups you're going to see is Green Bay goes to Arizona. That's going to be a barn burner. But Green Bay, in week one, in a weirdo deal because the Saints couldn't play in New Orleans because of Hurricane Ida, play in Jacksonville, and they turned the ball over three times, and famous Jameis has five touchdowns, and they got smoked. But they've never looked back. Well, those first games are always tough. They're unpredictable. It yeah. doesn't give you a clue of but the where Jets the teams thing, are going. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> tough. Do you think the Chiefs game was the best game in totality under Vrabel era? I can't think of anything else that would be. That, Outside of the playoffs, naturally. Yeah, I wouldn't think of anything else that would be that dominant. Because, I mean, you're talking about a 31-point average team on offense that you held to three points. I mean, you did it on special teams with the coffin corner kicks with a, a Brett Kern that returned from IR, thank goodness. And then your defense, we've outlined kind of what they've done in this thing. And then your offense gets clicking. I mean, Steve Spagnola just sold out to stop Derrick Henry in the run, but it left guys open on the receiving end and they got burned. I, I, I mean, in the Vrabel era, I'd say that's probably the most complete win there but, is. But don't you have to do that? Because if you don't, then the teams will have to be able to run and throw the ball. Yeah. You want to force them into one thing and say, sure. hey, we got to ride it out. Because if you can run the football, you can throw the football. That's Trust right. Me. And if you had a bunch of drops or, you, heaven forbid, you had somebody hurt, then maybe you were successful at that. Mm-hmm. And, and Right, because, I mean, he got 29 carries for 86 yards. but uh, And that's the thing about this game Sunday. The Colts are running the you-know-what out of this ball, and that's what they're going to try to do immediately in this thing. And they're doing it well. I mean, that two-game win streak, they're in uh, the averaging about 150 yards rushing on the ground, and it's not all Jonathan Taylor. We know what Naheem Hines can Who is do. number two behind Derrick Henry by about what? How many yards? Uh, three miles worth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like 579. Like he's been on, but he's been on a tear. Um, and and they, they, they're dangerous. God, they're they should dangerous. be on a three game streak. I watched them versus the Ravens. Yes, I could not believe. Yes. I mean, uh, lost to what Lamar, a nineteen point lead. Yeah, or Lamar just did some unbelievable things, but they look really good. They look totally different than they did against us. Well, they are much better, and we are much better. Yes, so and this that's, is going to be an interesting matchup because they're in a must win. No question. So they they got to be in this playoff frame of mind. No question. And you, Carson Wentz was playing on two bad legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wheels are better now. He's thrown 11 touchdowns, only one interception. And then their defense, the, the back end of that defense, it's about as banged up as the Titans secondary is. But yeah. they've got so many good guys in that front seven. I mean, we know what Darius Leonard can do, who is a turnover machine. they got 16 turnovers forced right now through seven weeks of play, number one in the NFL. So, I mean, you've got to be able to take care of the ball. But this, this is, I mean, we keep saying it every week because it's the Bills on Monday night. It's huge. Or it's the Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. AFC. It, again, AFC. it's huge mm-hmm. because oh, of what it means in this Well, state. they could take complete control of the AFC. You could win South it on yet. Halloween, Blaine, yeah. because this, this could be big. Like I, you should be able to sweep the Texans. Mm-hmm. 
And even if you split with Jacksonville, because they are miraculously much better in December, you're five and one in the division. You've done it. Mm. Yeah. You could win the division on Halloween. That's the message. Well, then maybe then Tannehill will get the props deserved. Where would you say Tannehill is in Oiler Titan history, based off of just where he is today? And I don't even know his numbers. Uh, I don't I really think he's underappreciated in what he sure. actually does. And uh, you know, they could say it's you know the king, but any time you have a great running back, if you don't use your running back and use that as a play action pass to develop the pass, he still has to make the throws. He's That's still right. getting hit. I mean, he's. I mean, you know, he was leading the league in sacks. He's still I, and, putting up numbers. Without looking at his numbers, I would say his career as a Titan, he's probably still over a hundred in passing and passing passer rating. Mm-hmm. I'd say his yards per play are still seven or eight yards a play, which is ridiculous. Um, and his touchdown interception ratio is good. Uh, I mean, listen, I'd put him right up there. You know, he's he's inching towards the good names in this. I mean, it mm-hmm. starts with Warren Moon, and yep. you know. Then you have Steve Mack, Mack 9, and, uh, you know, but, yeah, he's got to be in that neighborhood because he's put together a great body of work in the time he's been here. Especially if you just say, what about Titans-only quarterbacks? Because mm-hmm. Oilers, you got George Blanda, you got Dan Pastorini. Well, then it's you him got and Warren Steve Mack. McNair. That's it, That's isn't it? That's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're on with the infamous Rhett Bryan, <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> executive director of Titans Radio. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. say that. We got Scotty on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. He just wants to join the discussion. That's what this is supposed to be, just a big old sports discussion every day. Scotty, welcome in. Hello? Hello. Yes, sir, Scotty. Beam me up. <laughs> hey, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, the defensive line is doing great, and the exposure that the, Patri- or the Buccaneers brought last year, because – when all these quarterbacks nowadays, like uh, Josh Allen, when they break out, it goes into like backyard football, and our defensive backs are adapting to that. And I think that's one of the biggest things and the contributor to it because we got exposed last year because the first game, we dominated it. The second game, they killed us because they shut down the run and we couldn't stop their backyard football. And I think that is a good contributor to what's going on with the Titans defense right now. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. Oh, he hung up? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And yeah. Scotty's right to a point because here's Tampa did it in the Super Bowl. And I've been saying it for weeks. If you can bring four and play zone coverage and then plaster that and maybe that you know merges into man-to-man coverage and you can hold them, that's how you beat Patrick Mahomes. Now, the difference is uh, Josh Allen has designed runs. Mahomes doesn't. He just – roll out and flick it or do whatever i mean he just you know but no there's a lot to what he's saying there uh and and that i've noticed it as each game got closer to this one that just happened how guys stopped blitzing him and just started covering stuff up and bringing four got another guy who wants to another guy well before we before we take the call though when we take the call we gotta make sure we ask them this question first but i'm gonna ask red i want to hear what he has to say have you turned on your heat yet no (laughs) <laughs> I would have had a no from Red. I would have. Uh, I think our callers probably are the same way, especially guys just had a. All right, look like he's a heat wave. Brock and Brentwood on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. All right, well, we have to ask you a question before you bring your thought. Have you turned on your heat yet? I had to turn some space heaters on. I did. I, yeah. I'm I'm kind of thin and I get cold easily, guys. So yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. I had to turn it on yesterday, just briefly, but it was just enough to get it right where I needed it. And I turned it off. All right, yeah. Brock. No judgment here. What you got, man? 
thank you, uh, Mickey. I enjoy your guys' show. And Blaine, I got to tell you how much I appreciate your expertise and being on the show. It, it really gives us fans uh, for the Titans a, a much better understanding and insight. And you don't hold anything back with your words, uh, Blaine. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, with that said, everybody's talking about the Kansas City game being, you know, that Buffalo game to me was a tougher war. I think Buffalo down the road is going to be, you know, in our path. I don't think KC will be. Mm. And uh, the way the Buffalo game started, we were backed up real bad and had to crawl out of there those first couple, two, three possessions. And then we fought the rest of the game. I know Kansas City won a championship, and that's the big, you know, that's the that's the shiny game that looks good. But that Buffalo game to me was more of a war. And if we play like that, you know, down the stretch, playoff games, that you know, that's that's what we're going to want to do. Um, with that said, going into uh, Bal- uh, not Baltimore, Indianapolis, it's going to be interesting for me to watch. It's going to be a close game. I don't think we're going to win because the league wants the parity. <laughs> they don't want people to run away with division. So it's going to be interesting for me to watch the referee calls on these close these close plays that 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 determine drives and such. Anyway, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Brock. Thank you, Brock. Call, we man. have Carl Cheffers this weekend, who's usually pretty straight down the middle on on uh, calls. But um, I mean, you know who I want to see in this thing? Denico Autry. He's oh, yeah. going back to Indy for the first time, and he is just at a fevered pitch. I want to see him disrupt some things in this. But, no, now here, here's and he, you know what Brock's saying. Well, yeah, that was, a, that was a different game, a different set of circumstances. And I think Buffalo's better than Kansas City right now with what they've been doing. Um, and, and, and it didn't end Buffalo season. They're going to be around down towards the end. If Kansas City keeps playing the way they are, they're not going to be there yeah. at the end. But this one this Sunday, wow. Right now, if you had to rank AFC teams, who are your top three? Uh, I'd say uh, Baltimore. I would say Buffalo. And uh, I don't know who I'd put in three. I mean, maybe the Titans at three. And somewhere in there, the Bengals with a bullet. Because the Bengals are they're starting to play. Yeah, But I don't know that I buy it. Oh, I don't know that about, but they are, they're playing defense because they had five quarterback sacks the other day, but Burrow and Chase did it in college. They're doing it in, in the NFL. Yeah. One more before we let All you right. go. Our expert on the Titans here. Will the Titans make a trade before the deadline on November 2nd? I don't believe so. I'm not going to ask you who. No, you don't I, think I, I don't believe so. And, and of course, as soon as I say that, he'll make three trades. But, <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't think so. Um, Time will only tell at three o'clock next Tuesday afternoon. By the time you got you guys are going into hour two of Blaine and Mickey. So there you go. Bam. Blaine and Mickey. Rhett hey, Bryan. Bam. Always great to have him at Rhett B Tennessee on Twitter. And then of course, the guy who makes all your Titans radio dreams come true. And as I always say, if you're not turning down the TV and listening to Titans radio, you are absolutely doing it wrong. Rhett, good stuff, man. All right, Jim. Always great, man. Thank, Thank you. you. The one and only Rhett Bryan. Uh, when we come back. There are t- Blaine brought this up. There are actually two possible trade scenarios out there for the Titans. We'll throw both of them out there, both from CBS. Jordan Dejani coming up in the second hour of the show. We'll discuss these with him as well. But two names, one uh, that you've all fans know well. That's next on Blaine and Mickey.
Oh, Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, sorry. I won't sing anymore anytime soon. So, Blaine mentioned this trade. Trade deadline is coming up. So, less than a week away, teams got to decide what they're going to do. Now, a bunch of y'all are Braves fans as we spent the first part of the show talking about the World Series. A bunch of you guys are Braves fans. But I know there are people listening who are like, yeah, baseball, I don't get it. It's too slow, whatever. But one thing about baseball, when it comes to trade deadline, you know it's about to be some stuff happening. Oh, yeah. And well, NBA's well, got NBA, that vibe, NHL, too. Yeah, yeah. NFL's never got it. You know, the NFL trades more now than they've ever had, and it's still not. It's still like at a turtle's pace. It's like a trade a week or something, it seems yeah. like. Mm-hmm. You know, some guy for a fifth-round pick or something. Um, and this, and like you said, it's a turtle's pace, but it's even more than it used to be, which was yeah. never. Yeah. Never, yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with COVID, you know, the practice squad. I think, you know, this people want instant success, and uh, they feel like certain players can help them. So just never know. Never want to say never. Uh, you know, Rhett said they probably won't, and I would lean towards what he's saying too, yeah. but I, mean, I sure would, would like them to make a trade. I, I don't even know at what position to be on. I know, every, you know, first thing you want to say is cornerback, but remember – I've said you don't need an elite corner. You just need solid corners if you have an elite pass rush. Mm-hmm. Which leads so, us. So, see me, I would go for a, de- a defensive lineman. Which, there you go. Which leads us to this. There are two trade proposals, both on CBS Sports, completely independent of each other. Two different articles. Here's the first one. Now, this one started making the scene. I think Albert Hainsworth tweeted about it. Like, yes. Like, it, people thought it was done based on well, Big Al's tweet. He, he, sure, he sure made it. And just because it was Big <laughs> Al, you know, he was like, yep, this is happening. <laughs> Big Al. Big Al. Hey, Big Al is a titan and a vol. He wanted this to happen. Uh, this is from CBS. Bad man. That single year of destruction in his contract year, a defensive lineman to cause as much chaos as he did. I've never I, seen anything no, like that before. In my no, life. I ain't either. Every time I see him, I give him a hug and say, hey, man, I was in the league and I saw you do something. I've never seen a D tackle have that kind of impact on a guy. I've never seen nothing like it. I, and live. Like, we were watching it every week. He was in destruction mode. And he really kind of did it the year before. Yep. He caught, the, like, the last half. And was like, yep. uh-oh. And then the next year, like, wow. This guy, he was wrecking. Oh, man, it was incredible. It was. I've never seen it. Here, I'm going to say this, and I've said it before. In a one-year span, Albert Hainsworth was the best defensive player ever to put on a Titans uniform. The best defensive player to ever do it consistently time in and time out is Key Bullock, KB, over the years. So you got to have sustainability, availability, and then play it at a high level. Uh-huh. For one year, though? One year he was. And, and get, now, mind you now, I play with the freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I play with the freak. I mean, he's, he's right there yeah. for the one year, but I got to give it to Albert. Oh. He was wrecking with grown 300-pound man. I mean, he was wrecking shop in the pass rush as well as in the run game. We were talking about this one day, and it's, I said, it's incredible. I said, remember. He, I picked Freak, uh, two, two. Yeah, he's number two on that. And, and you could put probably a couple of those Freak seasons as two and three. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. his rookie year. We were talking about this one day. I said, do you remember? Who I there, played with. There was somebody that Albert, he just tackled him too hard, and they flagged him. They didn't even have a description for it. And Mike Keith was listening and texting me and said, it was Maurice Jones-Drew. He just went back and grabbed him, the little fella, and he just, like, threw him down. And that was the tackle. And they just threw a flag like, you can't do that. Well, I mean, you don't ever know what happened earlier in the game because I always ask him about the time, Albert, <laughs> and I always forget what he tells me. Like, when he stomped on the guy's head, he said that Andre they did Gerard. some two things illegal to him 
throughout the game before that even happened. Yeah. And he said he just lost. It's like that, that was it. That was, it was, that was the last time that was ever going to happen. Yeah. You know, and guys go through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. It's tough now. You don't, you don't stop on people's head. <laughs> I mean, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> but he said hey, it was enough. It was enough. Yeah. I, I can't remember what exactly what the things that they did to him. But it wasn't too good. He said, I'm talking about He says, I'm going to finish this. He did. He finished it. Oof. He got his day finished. Um. That so he's doing healthy too, by the way. Albert yeah, Haynesworth, yeah. one of the, you know, handful of guys that play for the balls as well as the Titans. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty, play college and pro in the same state. Mm-hmm. Um, so here you go, Derek Barnett. This is out there. CBS is proposing potential trades. Here's one of them: Derek Barnett, who's a free agent after this year for a 2022 conditional third round pick. Doesn't lay out what the conditions are that he'd have to get this many sacks or play this many snaps. It doesn't say, but a conditional third round pick, Derek Barnett. He is still only 25 years old. He has 19 and a half career sacks. He's in the final year of his rookie deal. Derek Barnett. Conditional third round pick. All right, so explain to me why would you do this pick outside of this season? Do you think you got a shot for next year because his contract is going to be up? So you're trading up a pick. But you're also giving up that, hey, man, I'm going to lose that pick, and I also may lose this as a player. Now, I like the idea and the rotation, and now you don't have to, you know, keep Dupree's snaps to 30, 35. Right. And then now you can rotate him in, and then you have him too, so he can finally heal up and get better. Then you have the impact that you, you want him to have. So I like the idea, and he's definitely a pass rusher, and he's a blue collar. His engine does not stop. And he's a local guy. So, you know, yeah, you get to see academy locally. front row, you know, and see how actually good he is. Yeah. And then maybe you can sign him to a modest contract. And you're thinking long term because you may not be able to afford Harold Landry after the season. Yeah, that's but what you, you could be able to get Bennett. You and me were talking about this I mean, before the show. And I said, that, you know, the one thing I'm thinking about is he is a free agent, but he would probably be much more affordable right now than Harold Landry. He's going to name his own price. But we can't say that, though. We, I mean, we can say it, but we don't know. He could come in here and get 10 sacks. That's true. Well, that'd be a good problem to have. Oh, yeah. That's why I like it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, and Jr. loves those later round picks. So he yeah. doesn't like giving those things up, you know, because he does a great job in the later rounds for sure. Uh, so it's a tough call. Tough one. The other proposed one, and this does not say what you would trade for this guy, but there's another thread on CBS Sports, another story for contenders only who they might trade for. Uh, Atlanta tied in Hayden Hurst. Didn't say what they would trade for him. It just li- listed him as he would be a good trade target for the Titans. He's in year four of his rookie deal. Uh, 6'4", 260. This year he has 16 catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown. He is also a free agent after the season. So, dude, he's a former first-round pick. By the Ravens. Uh, got, from South Carolina. Yeah. So this is another guy. Uh, so we have a DB. Xavier Howard's on that list. A lot of people are using his, saying his name, too. Yep. Uh, of all those, I like the defensive end. You know, Fred Barnett. You know, yeah, uh, Derek Barnett. Fred Barnett played wide receiver. Fred Barnett is from? Arkansas State. Yeah. <laughs> wide receiver for the Eagles. Yes. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Derek Barnett. I, I like that idea. If I, that's probably the only one I would be considering. If I was the Titans of the of those three, uh, you know, and but I've said it before. I, I would, you know, I remember I asked Coach Mack about <laughs> two weeks ago about getting a defensive end was merciless. He's yeah. like, oh, we need the DBs. See, I see it differently. I, I see that we need more pass rush to make our secondary 
who doesn't have any elite guys as far as cornerbacks. Uh, and we'll get some guys back healthy, too, by the way, uh, in Fulton uh, and Jackson. So I don't think we need anything. And you did that against the Chiefs without Fulton, without Jackson, Jackson and without Amani Hooker. And you still had a dude out there running around like he was a jackrabbit. Right. And Greg Maven, who just, like, got back here and had to relearn everybody's yeah. name. Well, yeah. Because they harassed the quarterback all day with four people. Whatever. I, I, I'm going to say this. In one game, I like Maven over jackrabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got another year jackrabbit under contract. Bye-bye, Jackrabbit. <laughs> All right, we got to hop out of this segment. Uh, Mike from Franklin is on the line. He wants to weigh in on this. Mike, hold. We'll come to you even in the first segment of the next hour. We also got a question out there. Have you turned your heat on yet? Hit us up, Blaine and Mickey, on Twitter. I'll give you the results of that so far. A bunch of you are cold. I can just tell you that. We'll be right back. Oh. 